1: Yeah, that's right. We're 50, we're women, Get and over we're it. bad.
0: <laughs> Some of us are bad.
1: We're badass, man. Women, women over age? 50
0: are badass.
1: Yes, they, from what we just heard, they used to be called MILFs, now they're something else. Whips. Whip. No more MILFs. Whips. It's now Whip. Whips. Wh- women, hot, internet, no, intelligent, prime.
0: Yes. Whip. Women,
1: hot, intelligent, intelligent, in their prime, in their prime,
0: as are whips. Right. That's so it's the no new... longer milfs. It's whips. Right. We love that.
1: Whips are the new post fifty, and that's what we're going to talk about today. This is for women right. by women about women. You are our token male here. You're going to be our little bit of a, like a fly on the wall, and you are going to give us the male uh, perspective, but this is really just for the chicks. Is that okay? Okay. You, don't, you, don't feel, you won't feel left out, right?
0: I, I am going to be a male fly on the How wall. How
1: bad can this be, right? Three chicks and you. It's like your dream. Yeah. It's your dream. My dream? Three hot whips.
0: Let's leave my dreams out of this for now, okay?
1: Come on. It's every guy's dream.
0: I don't uh.
1: Yeah, that's what you're going to get if you don't go along with what I say. So, so dating post-50, this is a whole world. It's a whole new world for the people who are suddenly, the women who are suddenly single. It's a familiar world to the women that have been single, that are maybe divorced. Um, we can consider this a little bit of a primer, maybe a little bit of a refresher for women who uh could use some uh, some new skills, tips, tricks. It's not any I'm gonna say this. I am a woman oh, who thank God who uh did date in her fifties, not I actually didn't. No, I didn't you did date in my date 50s. Your 50s. I met you the minute I turned 50. That was it.
0: Did you go on any dates after? Yes, you went on I did. On a, a Valentine's I had one date, date.
1: I had one date and uh, and then it was all done. Cuz we
0: did meet at your 50th birthday right, party.
1: Right, right, right. So physically. I can't say I can't te- technically officially say that I dated in my 50s, but I know all about it. I dated in my 49s, <laughs> which is just as worse, if not worse. Just as bad if not worse. So I know all about it. And uh I'm here to tell you ladies that, yes, dating can be a little hard. It's, um, but you know, what's hard at any age. I don't care if you're 30, mm-hmm. 20. I don't, it's, you know, it doesn't have.
0: I think it's more difficult as you get older because you become a little bit more defined in who you are and in what you want. And sometimes it may feel like your prime has passed you by, but it really hasn't. Your prime is now. Your prime is today. And women should never forget that.
1: Yes. Thank you. Because I thought you were going to say, women, it's uh, dating is hard because you're now this age. And no, Wrong. I was about to... That's exactly what I was going to say. Thankfully, you didn't say that. I didn't say that. No, you, you agree. This is, agree. This is... This I feel like time. singing, this is the time. The dawn of the age of hot women in their 50s. Right. 60s. Why beyond. not? 70s. This is it, man. This is where it's at. This is what we've all worked hard for.
0: If it still works, use it.
1: If it's working, it's... Jerking. Twerking. <laughs> so we've got... So, so with that said, we've got um, two fantastic uh, women... Who are experts in this area? They are experts in women's empowerment at this age. So, who better than our two guests that are coming on to break it down, help us out, give us the lay of the land for um, people new on the market, and also to give uh, some hope and some reassurance to yes, the women who've been out there for a while, and and it's all good, you know. Yes, it really, it, it kind of really is.
0: And I'm just going to be the male fly on the wall. And I,
1: I just and you are, so you'll speak. You'll speak when you're spoken to. Just sit there and look pretty. Uh, chicken or cock? Oh, chicken! eh? come on. I wanted to say thank you to everyone listening to our show who is of a certain age. Thank you. I mean, of all ages, yeah. but but really, but what but really because. Because I want to feel like we are offering, uh, we provide a, a real service here, not to pat ourselves on the back, or toot our own horn here. But I want to thank the the women that are listening to this specific um, episode because it says to me you care, you're concerned, you're interested, you're optimistic about your futures, your your dating futures, or your dating. Stop that! Sorry. No. It never. There is no. The There's time, no ticking clock. No time. The t- time is now. There. Oh, oh you know what? That's what you're making me. So I think we should bring on our guests, because if we don't oh, do it. it- <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think my wife just lost it. <sighs> <laughs>
1: So I really think we should bring on our guest sooner okay. than later, because you're out of control today. I, You've got trigger finger. I, I'm sorry. I need that finger.
0: Oh. Would you please
1: save that finger? Oh, behave. Okay, can we do it? Yes. Can we bring on our first guest? Oh, Courage. Cool. Okay, we're going to do it. Sandy Weiner. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, is the founder of Last First Date and The Woman of Value. She is an internationally known TEDx speaker, dating coach, women's empowerment coach, author, and podcast host. She believes a woman of value gets the respect, <laughs> sorry. sorry, she gets the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. Sandy's work has been published in Mind Body, Green, The Huffington Post, Psychology Today, the Good Men Project, The Chicago Tribune, and more. She's also the host of
0: <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> because,
1: excuse me, Whoa, Sandy. Nelly! Sandy, we're gonna edit this. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> okay. I don't think we are. I God, think we're keep it. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> crying. This has never happened before. Oh really? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Sandy's work has been published in Mind Body Green, the Huffington Post, Psychology Today. The Good Men Project, The Chicago Tribune, and more. She's also the host of two podcasts, Last First Date Radio and The Woman of Value Podcast. Sandy believes it's never too late to have the life and love you want. So true, Sandy. Welcome to Done Being Single.
0: Welcome, Sandy. And
1: I'm apologize for my husband.
0: Yes, <laughs> I apologize for my wife. It's really, it's unfortunate that she. Couldn't you know, keep I, it I don't
1: know if I warned Sandy that we don't take ourselves too. Did I warn you, Sandy? That uh, that we have a good time here on this show you did tell me you had fun on the show
2: and as I said before I was married to a comedian a professional comedian for 23 years so basically I've lived this life for 23 years
1: okay so I'll try to be so my question is then then laughs ultimately could not save the marriage no matter how funny he was (laughs) does comedy save the day or no Mm. um laughter is important
2: yes. yes there was less laughter in the house than there was on the stage oh. so. so
1: okay anyway, we're not
2: going to dwell on okay. that okay Boy, that so good. you
1: know what i want to know your story sandy so tell us back up tell, uh tell us all about you and how you became single and how you took an interest in this in this business and in this area which by the way it's so um, admirable and honorable, and I love that you're dedicating your life to it. I really, I think it's, it's so fantastic to have strong women advocating for other women, and we need more of people like you, so I want to know it all. Tell us from the beginning. How much time do you have? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, just, you know, tell us how you got into this.
2: The highlights. Yeah. How did I get into it? So when I was getting divorced... The divorce was the wake-up call for me. It was, I had been unhappy for a very long time, and as I was divorcing, I was sort of like, oh, there's more to life than what I was living. I was kind of doing a, a good job of surviving, but not thriving. And so I started thinking, what was it that I loved that I gave up during my marriage? And one of those things that I never pursued was some kind of therapeutic field. I had been an art therapy major in school. hated the art therapy, so I ended up majoring in art. And as I was divorcing, I said, you know, I want to get back to that, to helping people part, because that is a big part of who I am. You know, my eighth grade yearbook said she is the go-to person to get, you know, good common sense advice. And so coaching was a great fit for me. I got certified as a coach as I was divorcing. And About two years after I became a coach, a friend of mine who was dating used to take walks with me every day, and she was making a freaking mess of her love life. (laughs) And um, so she would tell me things like, oh, there's this guy, and we're dating, and he told me he's not at all available for a relationship. What do you think he meant by that? And I go, he meant exactly what he said. You know, like it's pretty clear that guys are telling you the truth and you're not listening. And one day she just she said, you're like a man whisperer, like you really understand men. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I didn't study this, but I had I had a good sense of men and women and dating at this age. And I hadn't even started dating yet. And um, I didn't know it was a field. I just kind of happened upon it. And so I started, I started working in this area, and I, I really wanted people to make less mistakes. I, I realized what led me into the marriage I had was because of my upbringing and my parents' relationship. And so many of us repeat the mistakes of our childhood and the homes that we grew up in, and we can do better. And I want people to have toe-curling, epic, loving relationships, and they are possible, so that's that's pretty much how I got to where I am today. And then the woman's empowerment part, which is the last part, happened because I realized that as I was helping women, the thing that I loved the most was really having them believe in themselves, be empowered, be better communicators, set clear boundaries, all the stuff that's really important to living a great life. And so I started going into the workplace and doing this work with women to help them show up. In bigger ways
1: I love it that's what I'm that's why you're on this show Sandy because I know your work and it's like I said it's so wonderful and worthy and and we're going to get into uh, I'm going to ask some sort of rapid fire questions and after the break as we bring in our next guest and we're really going to get into this whole world this the world of women after 50 Single or not single, actually.
0: So, we are going to take our first break, though, right now, and we will be right back with Sandy and uh, Silka. And we are back with Sandy Weiner, and we are going to bring on Silka
1: Schwartzkopf. All right. Silka Schwartzkopf is a seasoned producer specialized in script to screen production of marketing, training, and communications programming. For over two decades, she co owned and operated an award-winning production company best known for healthcare and health and fitness-related programming. Shortly after her 50th birthday, Silka took a leap of faith, left an unfulfilled 25-year marriage, and returned to her hometown in Southern California to follow her dreams and pursue the development of original programming most pertinent to her evolving reality, starting over at 50 yeah a lifelong advocate of health fitness and living life to the fullest silka founded second act tv a digital channel focused on recreating life after 50 and taking charge of your physical emotional and sexual health as executive producer and host silka is living her motto it's never too late to be the person you always wanted to be yeah Mike, drop
0: welcome silka
1: and Sandy. <laughs> well, thank
3: you so much for having me on. And I have to say, this is so exciting for me because, well, not only have you guys been on on Second Act, of course, but Sandy is like Sandy is what's one of the first people I actually had on Second Act when we were still struggling just to get like a thousand subscribers. Sandy played TV with me, and she her her segments were so, you know, they they were very popular. She gave great advice. So this is really fun that this yeah. it turned out that so we're on like the stage because we didn't know this was going to happen until oh, I didn't until. A couple of days ago, that you were going to be on, so that that's really fun. All right,
1: Excellent. when worlds collide, we're <laughs> having a little reunion. So, um, okay, Silka, tell us about you. Uh, we know your your work history and how you got into the whole uh, production thing, but tell us about your your how you got in, uh, your passion for helping women fellow women out, single women.
3: Well it was really it was selfish selfishly motivated I'm not um, I'm not quite as as uh, like Sandy always say she just strikes me as this poised and powerful woman that just always has all the answers or she at least you come across that way, Sandy. <laughs> And I'm just like this bumbling idiot <laughs> that tries to make sense of everything. But uh, I, well, the, the long and short of it is that um, you know I I was in a in a 25 year marriage, the last ten of which were anything but happy. They were also in separate bedrooms and and sexless. And at one point, you know, some points just enough is enough. And uh, anyway, I left. I chose to leave the marriage right after I turned 50 and you know i had to make a lot of decisions then i was in texas in a very you know suburbia area family oriented area and i decided to go back to california uh, i still have deep roots in california with my high school friends and that's sort of how everything happened. We got together, there was like six of us that regularly got together when I got back into town and we'd sit around and we'd talk and we'd have a few glasses of wine. And it turns out that I wasn't the only one struggling with what I'm struggling with. And as we sit here today, five of the six of us have all all got divorced and this is almost like, this goes back almost seven years now. Uh, so anyway, um, I, being a producer, as you introduced me, I when I was listening to what we were saying, I just the producer hat sort of came on and I felt my you know if we had cameras rolling this is something people would want to listen to or see and I got this bright idea of uh, pitching a, a reality show or type of you know sort of a, a, a bridge between a, a talk show and a reality show anyway long story short uh, that didn't work out the way I originally anticipated <laughs> and that's when we started with a YouTube channel on just producing programming that with information that that we can't really find elsewhere. You know, we ran into questions, or the questions, the type of questions we had, we didn't know who to ask or or were embarrassed to ask, you know, and I'm talking about things that happen with your body, uh, you know, sex after 50, if you haven't had it in a very long time. Uh, and then the whole dating, you know, going online and dating and, and what I experienced and went through and uh, it was very comical ups and downs. There, you know, it was emotional, but I think there was a lot that, that it, of information that, that I personally lived through that I and my friends that I felt like uh, was worthy to share you know on some level and I do not consider myself an expert in it other than that I'm very experienced (laughs) and by people like Sandy you know and well and you guys you know I love assembling people that really know what they're talking about and put uh, you know some credence to what me my friends have gone through
1: (laughs) so Good. Thank you. Uh, Again, I just, I love both of your work. It's just so needed. Don't you think there's, there is such a need for information and, um, God, people are just really hungry, women, particularly, uh, in midlife for tips and tools and information and skills and, that can give them the edge or a little bit of a and, leg up. And where up. do I mean, they know? <clears throat> how
0: do they know where to go for this right. information? Well, they go to. So Sandy this is Africa. really important. I don't think it gets discussed.
1: Right. So. Okay. So this this is this episode. My hope for this episode is for us, all of us as a group, to give women in midlife um, what they need to know. What do women need to know? I'll say single, but you know what? Why not? Let's open it up a little bit. I mean, because there are people that watch our show or listen to our show that aren't single. You don't have to be single to love done being single. But with that said, I'm going to ask you both some questions. And like I said, we'll go back and forth and you can give me uh, your thoughts. Okay. Act like I'm not here. Okay. Robbie's not here. Uh, You both deal with and work with women in midlife. What would you say is their biggest issue? Single or not, but let's start with single.
2: All right. So I think the biggest issue is a lot of people feel that their life is over, (laughs) that you're over 50, you're done. And I so don't agree with that. And I think there's also, there's a lot of limiting beliefs about the state of dating, about online dating. It's a big, scary place. And there's tons of scammers. It's just not for me. And so, you know, we don't get out and meet people in our real life very much at this age. And so if you're limiting all your options, you're not going online because you have one way of looking at it, you gotta open up you gotta open up the way you see things. And it's actually an amazing time to date, to be alive, to I mean, I I reinvented my entire life at 50. I got divorced close to 50, new career bought a house just and and now I'm I've just launched an, another career and I'm gonna be 63 in two weeks so it's uh Congratulations. too late
1: right on it is an amazing time to be alive I yeah, so I, I would totally
3: totally agree with sandy totally is uh, I too you know we created everything after 50 uh, new, well new career the same area i suppose but a new venture that was totally unknown with with requirements and technology uh, uh, knowledge that uh, i'm still lacking (laughs) Uh, and we we actually produce programming about that too but mostly um you know i can and i'll say that freely and proudly i've had the best sex in my life after 50. life is not over it that starts your sex life starts after 50. and uh you know when it comes to physical fitness i i i was never in better shape than after 50 i ran my first marathon well my first and only but i wanted to prove to myself i could run a marathon i was a runner at 55 so there isn't if you you know if you're reasonably healthy and you've been blessed with a healthy body and you put some work into it there is you know life begins at 50 i honestly believe that i actually wouldn't want to go back much younger
1: i, I agree I well, I had yeah, my thirties and forties. I don't ever want to go back to my forties. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Forget it. No thanks. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I,
0: I wouldn't mind going back to my forties.
1: Yeah. Well, too bad. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. Um, <laughs>
3: Incidentally, okay. I wanted to say one thing that you said earlier when you said Robbie is a fly on the wall. And that's how we actually uh, thought of, at first, producing our programming. We wanted to produce programming strictly for women, and it still is like that. All of our program is intended for women to listen to it. And it turns out we have, like, a 70% male audience. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, men just don't want to admit that they want to hear this.
0: <laughs> no, I think that they're, they're willing to admit it, but I, I think they your own programming, you think that men aren't going to be interested in this. I think that they are going to be interested because men want to appeal to women and women want to appeal to men. So we want to find out what is it that you are talking about? How can we be more appealing to women? Where are we not connecting? And how yeah, as long we be as better? we don't
3: start, okay, you're going to have to listen. You're going to sit down well, and listen. You're right. So Nobody wants like, to be... Okay, they're going to be a fly in the wall and that's somehow works, huh, Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's what I have to say about this. I do believe
2: that there are a lot of men who want answers and a lot of men have come to me. I had a, I had a guy who had seen my writing on the Huffington Post years ago and he, he would just write to me all these emails about the struggles he was having and I helped him find his true love And because he had also a lot of very limiting beliefs about women his age, they weren't going to be vibrant enough, and sex was really important to him, and so I need to find out right away. So it's just like, really, I think we all need to be in dialogue with each other. It's the same thing with the women's empowerment stuff. I have a lot of guys who say to me, but I'm struggling with empowerment too, and I'm struggling about you know, speaking up and being able to claim my value. And I say, yeah, it, it's something that you guys need to do too, but I'm a woman, I like working with women. And I think women have struggled in these areas more than men. You know, when you get women around a table at a board meeting, a lot of times they are talked over. Men seem to be more comfortable in that area. So. Anyway, I think we we do have to dialogue more. I think that that one of the reasons I wrote for the Good Men Project for many years is because I didn't want to just write to women. I wanted men to weigh in on these topics, too. And I have men listening to my podcast. But I wanted to also say that at 50 and beyond, when our hormones are shifting, and men's men's hormones are shifting as well, and I think this is a time when we're more equal than ever before, and... I also think that women often get this second surge of, of hormones that help them to, to get into new careers where a lot of men are, are kind of retiring and saying, I've been working really hard my whole life. And so it's, it's also understanding those changes and those differences.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, so that's, that's just another
1: Yeah, I I hope men listen to our show. I try, Robbie and I set out to do that, obviously, because we we do this, we co-host together. It's not just for men or just for women. Uh, It's not just for single people. But I do hope men tune in this specific. I wanted to do this episode because I want to speak to women in midlife. And I do. And we have variations of this. And I think you can't have enough. You just can't. And um, so I want to get back to what Sandy said about reclaiming your power, which is so important. And I do feel that it is an amazing time to be alive. This is the time to reclaim your your power for women. And but I here's what's different about this time than say ten even ten years ago, or when we were you know in our twenties and thirties. There was no social media. And I really feel that it's such a um, negative definer, like there's so many I, I, we grew up with magazines, you know, you Sandy Silken, we did. We those were what we compared ourselves to, right? And yep. now and now it's in our face. It's just everywhere we look, everywhere it's it's people photoshopping and filtering and you know, celebrities and celebrities in our age group that look so perfect. And how do you after the break, yeah. here's something to think about, um, Sandy, with your clients, how do you advise them? Silka, with, with your work, it's, it's tough. That's, to me, the battle against social media, is, is, it's like a battle against age, ageism and looksism. And so I want to know how you guys, how do you do that?
0: So we're going to hold that thought and take a quick break and be right back with our guests.
1: Okay. So my question to Sani and Silka was about social media and how would you counsel or advise women to fortify in the face of so much Instagram, you know, so much social media, how do you, uh, how does a woman reclaim her power and keep her confidence and her self-worth and self-esteem when there's just so much, so many, so much imagery coming at her? That that might give her the message that she's not good enough or not young enough or not pretty enough or fit enough or whatever.
2: It, it is such a common issue with women always. And you mentioned the magazines and now we have social media. I am I would say cut back on social media. <laughs> you know, really stop following people who convey images that you don't agree with or that don't feel real to you. Uh, I, I really limit who I follow everywhere. I, I just Facebook, I unfollow. If if I don't unfriend, I unfollow. <laughs> I don't want to see your cat, your dog, your babies, your grandchildren. I, I don't want to see massive amounts of personal life of people. I don't want to see people bragging about things. It's just, you know, you decide what you let in. And I think being self-reflective about what, how, how we compete with ourselves. Like, what do you want to change about yourself? If you want to improve something, that's, that's a good way to look at yourself. But, but don't, don't compare and despair. That stuff, crap, bad. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I agree, and I, I think that uh, the, the trend, it's interesting, we talk, I, I go to this mastermind group once a, once a month, and this uh, past weekend, we had, uh, it was just women from the mastermind group, uh, which was the first time that they've done that, and I was the oldest one there. Uh the, uh, there was another friend anyways so two of us I, I well gosh i'm now 60 so there was two of us late 50s, 60 and then the rest were much younger women you know 20s and 30s but what what was really refreshing to hear about social media and how women now either compare or not compare is that there's a big trend towards authenticity that the whole this whole uh, posturing and, and the phoniness really isn't, is not appealing anymore. And I think that we need to take note, note of that, uh, that, you know, perfection is not, is, is not attractive anymore. I mean, I think it's probably, there's probably more to it than that. I mean, maybe we say that, but we don't really mean it. I don't know. But I, I like the fact that women are starting to think that way that, uh, you know, you just, you got to find yourself and your authentic self and and love yourself as silly and, you know, trite as that may sound.
2: No, it's true. I I just want to say something about the authenticity because it's actually swung the other way with the authenticity. It's like, let me tell you about all my wounds and the struggles I'm going through, and I'm being authentic. And I'm like, I don't want to hear this. Why <laughs> do I have to know every single, you know, like you and your husband were fighting, and your therapy, and that's the trend now, like to really reveal it all. Yeah. So I think we have to find uh, so balance,
0: fine line between authenticity and transparency, uh, where you don't you can be transparent but you and you can be authentic but they don't have to be they're not the same and you don't have to disclose everything to everybody exactly. you can hold back yes you
2: yeah. should not be disclose i mean that's boundaries we yeah. you know and i'm a big boundaries person i think we have to and, and same thing with dating we don't overshare you know, you start out, you go on a first date, and it's like, let me vomit out my entire life, and you should just accept me for who I am, because if you don't, like, you know, you're not the right person. No, we can't handle knowing that you have an eating disorder and that your mother and I don't know. Like, I, I just don't want to know that you date. have kidney disease. Right. I don't want to know. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. That's funny.
0: It's very true. I, 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 and as far as being, uh, you know, honest and authentic, I, you know, we've talked about this before about your profile on your dating sites really needs to be honest because if it's not, whether it's your age or your picture or your weight or your height, or you you're, you may have hair, you may be bald, whatever it is, it's going to get found out eventually. So you're going to have to deal with that reality of that moment when that happens. Why not do it up front and so? you are honest. Honesty is the best policy always, and I really believe that.
3: Yeah, People- and, and I, I agree with Sandy. There's definitely, you need to know the boundaries. It's funny, uh, what, what came up for me when you said that is when, and you were talking about advice, maybe a woman need to know. Like in my case, I hadn't I hadn't dated in, you know, well, I was married 25 years, so at least 25 years, and you know, the, you didn't get any attention the last 10, you were starved for attention and affection, and uh, so when I first started a date, I'll never forget this, one of my very first dates uh, is a guy that ended up being ended up going to high school with him, but it, I felt like, oh my God, this was just meant to be, you know, there was like, it, in his name, there was two, two, twos, like, that's my angel number, if anybody, you know. So I'm just putting all this extra stuff in. And, and I, was, I, I told him that. I became the woman that runs off a guy in 10 days. <laughs> you know oh my god we have the same dog food you know or you (laughs) you take these and it was just like oh i just i found you know somebody's paying attention to me some and this guy was just he oh my god I, i still see him running so yeah there there is a difference between being yourself and being true to yourself but you know within you know
1: Within reason. I I would, I would offer a little caveat to that. I mean, I'm all for honesty and authenticity, but sometimes, yeah, there's got to be, it's within reason. Like, you know, sometimes women, uh, they make too many demands online on their profiles and there's too many conditions. Mm -hmm. And I think there has to be some, um, awareness of that because you, you can easily scare people away. Mm -hmm if it's, if you come on too strong and, and, you know, ask for too much too soon, I mean, this will all, again, you know, it it will all be found out eventually if it does go to first and second, third, fourth dates. But, uh, I find when I look at people's women's particularly, um, especially financial stuff and marriage stuff, I don't know. I find like less is more in a lot of ways. I mean, a little honesty goes a long way.
2: um, Can I speak to that for a second? Yes, yes. yes. Um, So that, again, it's another continuum. So that's the difference between boundaries and demands. Mm -hmm. Boundaries are good. Having standards are good, is good. Mm -hmm. Demands, bad. And so a lot of people think that having standards means they value themselves. I am showing you that this is what I want, and I will not tolerate this, this, and this. But it comes across as like, the men don't want anything no, to do with these women. Do. Yeah. So they'll, put the positives. They'll you know. make
1: people go, you know, running for the hills. Yeah. Um, okay, you guys. So you've both been um, married, and now you're single, and you're in your sixties. Uh, what kind of advice? What heads up would you give a woman just getting out of a divorce? Getting, excuse me, out of a marriage and becoming single, getting on the market. What's the heads up?
2: The heads up is yeah. take some time for you find out who you are now because you were probably playing a lot of roles that um, kept your marriage alive that are not really true to you. Um, I know that was true for me. And for me, I had children who were in their teens, and so I needed to make sure they were emotionally stable before I brought a man into their life. And I took two years before I dated. I'm not saying what I did is the way everybody should do it, but I do think taking, taking a break Figure out where you want to go. What is, what, do you have hobbies that you neglected? Is there a career that you want to you wanna try? And also, like, do some inner healing. Like, really figure out how to be your best self. You know, pay attention to yourself. You probably haven't done that in a long time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Those so, are a couple. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, I, I certainly would agree with that. You, you know, you, the reason that your marriage broke up was uh, the fault of both of you. You know, does not, not always so. Whatever your contribution to it is, you're you know make sure that you address that before you take it into a different relationship because you're always bringing yourself to another relationship. Um, you know, um, so that's that's very you know that's again I love Sandy's advice. She's just so like she has the greatest she, and she can encapsulate it. You know, like what, what for me what came up when you asked that question is uh, you know what heads up and to me what the thing is, is Your body, if you've been in a relationship where you haven't used your body, oh my God, you got to know your body again, (laughs) because you may not know. See, I'm being facetious somewhat, but also incredibly serious. It was shocking to me what happened to my, I can say vagina, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Say
0: Say it. it. Say it. (laughs) Shocked. Use it, say it.
3: Because if you don't say it. Show it, whatever. If you don't say it, we will. (laughs) <laughs> um, I was absolutely shocked, and while i while I say that somewhat facetiously uh it's that is so important, and that's when I found some incredible people that uh you know taught me about sexual health. I've had lots of them on the program, but that is something that can change your whole entire life uh, because i mean if you're if you're if you're gonna live your life to the fullest after fifty, the physical side of it is a big part of that, and I would advise everybody to not discount that
1: right uh, so. In other words, reacquaint yourself with your vagina. Yes.
3: Yes, absolutely.
1: I'm all for it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Three cheers for all the right. vagina. Uh, Wash the cack. Go right. vagina. 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 Uh, okay. Um, another piece of advice you could offer your, your single sisters in midlife. You ready? These are the sisters that have been single for a while uh, and who might be uh, struggling with loneliness, uh, lack of confidence. They've been single a while. Um, they, they may be struggling with, you know, poor body image or sexual hangups. And the longer they're single, the longer they're feeling like, you know, not, it's not happening. And, and how do you, how would you advise a, a friend, a single friend or client, uh, to stay, to stay strong and just keep, the, keep the faith.
2: Well, first of all, don't wait until you're uh, perfect to date. <laughs> um, don't wait till you're all cooked, like you've done all the work and now you're finally ready. Because I get that a lot from women, you know, 10 years go by. And they were just waiting for that one last thing that they had to take 10 pounds. And, you know, it's just don't do that. Dating is a learning experience. And you will learn so much about yourself and about men when you're in it, not when you're thinking about it. So that's that's a big one. Um, Also, take care of yourself. Like if you are feeling icky about your body, take care of your body, you know, do do the things that make you feel good and make you feel of value. And you'll have a much easier time out there in the dating world.
3: Yeah. Well and I, I agree and, and that's uh, that's a that's a question that of course we can talk to for three hours It depends on what the what the situation is. I know that uh, about a year or so ago P- Paige Valdeseri is, is a co-host on our second act with Paige and Silka on second act, which is our flagship show and she uh, t- she's a trauma and uh, therapist anyway but she brings a great interest very very interesting perspective to exactly that topic but it does you know if you've been single a while if you've been unhappy, if you keep living the same trouble, it's time that you either seek counseling or something. Uh, And then, you know, we can, the the practical side of it, how to date, how to do, you know, there's something deeper happening there than, than, uh, I mean, it's it's normal. There's lots of people. Yeah. Yeah. Have that. Uh, But it's something where we need, we need, we need to seek.
1: Yeah. Okay. And so before we go to the break, I'm going to ask, um, you guys to think about this cause we'll answer it on the other side about rejection, mm. especially when it's, it's chronic, you know, when it's becomes a little bit like, how do you stop? How do you keep yourself, your spirits up and oh. your psyche strong?
0: Good question. Okay. We are going to go to our last break and we'll be right back with our guests Sandy Wiener and Silica Schwarzkopf.
1: Okay. So the question to the ladies was, um, rejection. And I, I will speak from personal experience here because that was the worst part of being single in midlife in my forties was the rejection and it was constant. I it just wore me down and it started to pardon me, fuck with my head, because you start to believe that you're not worthy, that you're something there's you're you're broken or defective or Um, how do you, how would you advise, uh, single women that are now finding themselves, you know, single in their fifties and sixties? How do you deal with rejection? How do you fortify yourself, bolster yourself against it? And how do you not let it get to you? So
2: rejection to me
1: is, um, it's perspective
2: and, we can see it as rejection, or we can look at dating as mostly no's, because that's what it is, until you get to that one yes that you really want. And so the nature of dating is it's not going to work. <laughs> it's the wrong match. And the faster you can go through the dates and not waste time with the wrong person, that's also what leads to rejection, is is getting hooked on the wrong person and then feeling slayed when somehow it's it he rejects you put yourself in the chooser position like you are the chooser and if you walk in thinking i'm the ceo of my love life i get to decide who to hire and who to fire then i'm not going to feel rejected i'm going to feel like it's not a good match and then just keep moving on so you, you need to manage your expectations around it it's that's really important and and just reframe rejection as good information to keep moving till you find the right person.
3: Yeah. I think Sandy, you and I actually did a segment on that, mm-hmm. if I remember right, on rejection, because it is, it's huge. And one thing that I like I took away from that that I still remember to this day Is you know again yes perspective, but also at what point in the process are you getting rejected? Because if it's if it's during the online thing, the you know your emails aren't getting answered or whatever, you're not being rejected. They're not. You can't be rejected if they don't even know you. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Now, it's easier said than done, right. believe me, because you do tend to take this personally. But that that made a lot of sense to me. If they don't know you, you're not they're not rejecting you. Okay. It's not now, personal. You, yeah, it's not personal. It's now, so you, not personal.
1: Yeah, I, I would assume that um, for a divorced woman, it's so much more profound because mm-hmm. having just got, come out of, you know, maybe a loveless marriage and you're or a marriage where you felt rejected every day. The last thing you want is to go out into the dating world and have to deal with more of that, which comes with the territory. I mean, not everyone's going to like you. I I understand that. But it's really tough. I mean, it's something I, I really had to master because I, you just do. I mean, you have to really kind of develop a tough skin. It's just an unfortunate part of dating. But, hey, that's, you know.
3: Well, I think that's maybe the heads up more so than a real answer to it, because while we say that, you know, you're not really like what I just said, and I believe that, and I also know that it's much harder said than done. Uh, So maybe that's one of the biggest heads up is dealing with rejection and understanding that in our new, you know, digital world, this online world this is going to come with a lot of rejection. Uh, and maybe being understanding that that's going to happen might just make it a little bit easier when it does happen you know i i don't know how did you handle it trevor
1: oh my god uh, i got good at it i guess i just I, I mean you found robbie i don't i you know i finally realized well first of all after each rejection i did i did do some some analysis i did a, a little bit of a you know a little autopsy i guess And, uh, after the last one, I thought, oh no, no, I was perfect. I was like, I couldn't have been a better girlfriend in, and I really checked off all the boxes with this last guy that I was dating before I met Robbie. And at that point when he said, no, I I really don't want to be in this relationship. I just said, you know what? And I write this in my book and you just read that this is as good as it's going to get. And if you don't love me now, (laughs) I don't think you're ever going to love me so let us part ways and i really now know that it is not me that that it is not taking it personally was a very important step in in sparing me um utter devastation which i was just because who doesn't get devastated after a breakup but with each breakup and or rejection i got a little stronger
3: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of, a lit more confident believe it or not and i do think it's it's uh, it's doable, uh, to make rejection work for you, but you got to get, I think.
2: yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Just, just what you just said. The analysis is really important. The only way it gets better and easier is if you have some self-reflection. So if it isn't you, and it often isn't, especially if it's the early stages and people are ghosting and just dropping out of life and flaking out, that's, that's just the nature of dating. And you just kind of chalk it up but if you have a pattern of you get involved with the wrong people and, and you keep getting rejected, do the analysis. Work with a coach or a therapist. And, I mean, I see it all the time. It's mm-hmm. one of the first things I do is I mm-hmm. look at those patterns. Like, do you keep attracting emotionally
1: unavailable men? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. You can't make those men available. Right. Either. No, no, Exactly. That was my problem. See, I was—it was a bad time. I was in my forties. I had never been married, wanted to, and wanted a kid actually. And good luck finding a guy, also in his forties or fifties, that are that are ready to jump back in. So that was—it wasn't so much a rejection of me as it was my goals,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and what I, what I, my dreams, I guess. So I did get good at it, and I also got good at not sabotaging myself. Which is the next question I have for you guys? How do how does a woman, a single woman in her fifties and sixties, avoid self sabotage? Silka, so, do you want to start this one?
3: Well, I, I'm I'm give me an example of what you mean by um, I mean I know what self sabotage is, but I think it's a same. It, what comes to me is again that you're doing things to screw it up because you yes. expect something bad to happen.
1: Yes. Um, I, I, huh? Yes, I would say. I mean, I have my own answer for that, and I. Uh, but I wanted to hear it from you guys. I, I
3: that 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 was something that I actively had to think about, and almost every day is that I that I started expecting good things to happen versus bad things to happen. Uh, you know, I I wasn't looking for the the you know the what's what's it called the other something to drop. I can't the other sure. show i uh-huh. <laughs> I'm German. I, sometimes I go. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't looking for that anymore. Uh, and I, I read at first a lot of self-help books. Um, I, I loved the book How to Heal Your Life. A friend of mine sent that to me and it was it's so simple and it made so much sense. There was just things in there where you just every day you think about that good things are gonna happen and you know what? all of a sudden it does. I mean, it's not a smooth road, but I think that's that maybe what I did. i I very consciously worked on not sabotage not ex, like not expecting my new, the new guys I was dating, you know, to do what my husband did, uh, like cheat on me. <laughs> uh, so, so it, it takes very conscious effort, I believe, uh, to acknowledge one that, that, okay, is, is this real or am I making this up? And then understanding that, oops, you know, I might be screwing this up. It, you know, I'm, I'm thinking something is happening and it's not. Does, does that make sense? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll uh, oh, go ahead, Sandy, and then I'll add in yeah, my two cents. No, I just, uh, I agree with and I and I think some
2: other ways that we self-sabotage are to actually just stay in your comfort zone, mm-hmm. and don't get off your couch, and expect some person to show up at your door, and to give up too quickly like to to make broad sweeping generalizations about men about online dating about there are no men there are no men in my city I mean I hear women talk about every single woman comes to me with the same complaints there are no good men in my city I'm too old you know that's pretty much it right. and it's well like somebody in Singapore said the same thing as somebody in Ontario I you know that there are it's not happening all over it is so much in our mindset and so just like Silka said, like expect good things to happen. Look for the good in every date. Because really, if you go into dating thinking, I better be meeting my life partner or it sucks, yeah. you're gonna be burnt out in no time. So go in thinking, I'm gonna learn something about somebody. I'm he's gonna maybe learn something about me. Come prepared like you would to a job interview. Like really bring bring interesting stories and make the most out of it so that each each dating experience adds to your life and adds to his life and and i think that we will have so much of a better experience in dating
1: that's great advice for uh, women of any age or anybody of any age and i i realize there's so much about what we're talking about today is uh relevant to women of all ages single women of all ages but the midlife Single woman, you know, that is a, that's sort of a rare creature. And I find that in my own life and working with uh, clients and even just hearing my friend's story, the biggest obstacle for women in their 50s plus as in the singles world is fear. That Mm -hmm. to me is a killer.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Faith, not fear is what the, the mantra is with us. Faith, not fear. And again, much easier said than done, but nonetheless true. And fear and love cannot coexist. Yes. Right. Exactly.
0: Right.
1: Okay. I. I Unfortunately, it's time to, to wrap the show I up. I can't believe it.
0: It's, it's time to wrap it up. We need a part two. So, uh, <laughs> Sandy, uh, please tell us where people can find you.
2: They can find me here in my house. No, don't come here. <laughs> um, <laughs> They <laughs> can find me uh, at LastFirstDate.com. That's my dating website. And they can find me at TheWomanOfValue.com. And if you are over 40 and want a fantastic Facebook group, we have a group of about 3,000 women with eight monitors. I think I have eight monitors who monitor this group every day. So we make sure that it stays positive. And all the things we talked about today it's all forward-moving. There's no venting incessantly and man-bashing aloud. And it's called Your Last First Date. So I would love to have you there. Great. And, wow. uh, yeah, just um, all my social media stuff is on my website. Got it.
0: Great. And Silica? Yeah.
3: Well, and and uh, I, of course, our website is secondact.tv. That's two ndacttv TV <laughs> and uh, as well as our YouTube channel. And I'd love for you to come check out the YouTube channel, and uh, I'll be sure to subscribe. We are pushing our subscriber base again, so that's that's where I can be found. And uh, it, and we are Paige and I both uh, love hearing from you. Love hearing your comments. We produce programming based on um, you know things that people are struggling with. So drop us a line.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, ladies. Love You, did, you did a great, a great job, show. baby. Well,
1: You really were a wealth of information. I, I have holes <laughs> I in my tongue from biting it. Uh, but other than
0: that, I'm fine.
1: Are you okay? No, I'm fine. I know you were really I'll holding back. No, I didn't. Was it interesting? It must have been interesting. Of course. It is. I think it is. I, I I'm gonna, we're going to do a men's version of this at some point. But mm-hmm. you guys are such good sports. Thank you. Thank and, you all. And uh, thank thanks you. for rolling with the sound effects.
0: Bye, everybody. (laughs) Have a great week. We are
1: done being single. Hopefully Uh, uh, everyone is too. All right. All right. Thanks a bunch. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. I'm Shadow Stevens
0: with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.